Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes live stream Q&A podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. We were off for a couple weeks, but we're back today. We've got a great guest for you. Uh, before we get started, next week our guest is Allison Golub, a writer's assistant, who will be giving a rundown on what it takes to be a writer's assistant, how to find those elusive gigs, and even a quick course on the all-important note-taking process in the writer's room. She's also been a script reader for various screenplay competitions, and as a grad of NYU Film School, so if you've got questions on being a writer's assistant, screenplay competition, uh, or film school in general, be sure to stop by. Uh, that's next Saturday, September 25th at 11 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. But today we've got back on the show one of our favorites, a lit manager and producer who attended film school at USC. He's a former award-winning photojournalist who got his start in the entertainment industry working for Quentin Tarantino's first manager, Catherine James, and has worked in management and production for the last 15-plus years, most recently at Zero Gravity, before recently striking out on his own uh, at management production company World Builder Entertainment with partner Danny Festa, Welcome back to the show, Mark Manis. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for having me. It's always it's always a pleasure. It's always my pleasure. You give you give, you give great interviews, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, no, it's it's great to have you back on. Uh, we always love chatting with you and picking your brain and and uh, getting all the the great uh, info you have to share with with our audience. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday to come back on the podcast. It's a beautiful day out Absolutely. there. You could be doing a million it things. A, it is a beautiful. It is not. It's lovely. Yes, it's it's a, it is a lovely day today. The heat the heat finally broke. Right. Uh, and it's been it's been nice. So. Um, I, before we get started, a lot of our audience may or may not have listened to some of our previous podcasts. So maybe you could just give us a, just a quick rundown of of your experience and your background, just quickly. I mean, if, if people want to go back and listen to some of the older interviews we've done together, that's great. But just as a primer for those listening today who may be sort of meeting you for the first time. Absolutely. By the way, people mm-hmm. do listen to them because they tell me all the time. Oh, well, good. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, I listened to your scripts and scribes uh, uh, podcast, or I read the, the first, remember the first interview we mm-hmm. did many years ago, um, I think was just, was, was, a uh, was a written interview, mm-hmm. correct? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then you, then you sort of, then you, then you came into the podcast space, which right. has been great. So yes, it, it, all of those iterations, people have, read or listened to so, uh you're doing you're doing good work keep it up no i appreciate um, that th- you're welcome um so i i've been you know as kevin mentioned um you know i've been doing this for close to 20 years i know it's hard to it's hard to tell because i still look 25 but uh uh yeah came, started in the, the end goal for me was always uh, was always to work in in film because you remember like I'm in my 40s so mm-hmm. TV wasn't a, a thing yet I mean it was I watched it I mean I grew up right on Sanford Sun and and uh, Three's Company and and uh, you know the Cosby Show right um, uh, you know the, and Seinfeld right so it's like TV was certainly popular but not but but it wasn't sexy the way film was so film was always kind of my first love. And, and I think you hear that probably echoed by many, right? Unless they're a Gen Z, then they're sort of like uh, YouTube videos and, uh, and, t- and television, serialized storytelling, right? Because that's what they were sort of raised on. But when I, when I was coming of age, film, I think, was still the kind of end goal. And, and, uh, 
so I, you know, I made a conscious effort to kind of forego film school as an undergrad um, because I wanted to have a sort of other experience. But but the goal being like to try to bolster my resume and get into one of the the sort of better, more prestigious film programs. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a that was a very conscious thing that I had sort of mapped out for myself. And so I, you know, I ended up studying broadcast journalism as an undergrad and then worked in TV news for about 18 months while I was applying to grad school, uh, won a regional Emmy in that short 18 months, which was amazing as, as, a, as a news photographer and editor. And then, uh, you know, and, and lo and behold, as I had planned, when I started applying to grad schools, they found that kind of documentary news background extraordinarily fascinating. And that helped me get into USC's graduate production program. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what sort of that's what brought me out to Los Angeles um, and then uh, worked for a, assisted a director on a movie. And then that director introduced me to Quentin's manager, a woman named Catherine James, um, you know, who became a sort of uh, mentor to me and uh, and really kind of opened up, opened my eyes, you know, to the I, I think to the, the world of management, which, by the way, you know, you're talking like late 90s, early aughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, wasn't quite the thing that it is today. People right. just didn't go off and become managers. It was like agent, lawyer, producer, executive, right? Or you're on the creative side. So, uh, so you know, Catherine, along with people like Bernie Brillstein and obviously many others at the time, was really part of that vanguard of kind of like personal managers who got into it very early on, like in the 80s. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, she kind of taught me, you know, which I think the most important thing she taught me was the, you know, was to like sort of like if you believe, trust your instinct. And if, and if you think someone is talented, go fight. Right. And uh, and I've always I sort of have always carried that that with me. Mm -hmm. um, and then from after from Catherine, uh, I was at various other companies over over the years. Uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, most most recently, Zero Gravity for close to five. And uh, and then, um, you know, Danny Festa, someone I've known for a very long time. And she and I sat down to have a very sort of friendly catch up lunch, no ulterior motive at all. And uh, and out of that, the seeds of what is now World Builder were 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 planted. And then, you know, right before the pandemic. Uh, and so within like February, March of 2020, you know, we um, you know, we decided to kind of hit the gas and go for it. And just as just as we were about to look at office space and and uh, get a business manager and, and open a bank account and, you know, tell the clients what was going on. Uh, we, you know, LA went into lockdown and, uh, and so it was like hitting, it was like sunny day and then suddenly a whiteout. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, do we pull off at the motel six and spend the night hoping for, hoping for better roads in the morning or do we push through? Right. And so we pushed through and, uh, and as you know, launched, you know, launched the company a little later than we had anticipated, but so far so good. Yeah. And so it's been a, about a year, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. About like Little July or mm -hmm. something last year. Yep, um, correct. Yes. So uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, how it's going and, and what's been going on since you started. Obviously, a big portion of which was has been during COVID and a quarantine, which I'm sure is good in some ways in terms of you at least having 
time to look at material and not much is going on. But at the same time, not much is going on. So it's hard. You know, I mean, I think there's been rumors that things are still, at least early on, we're still getting bought, but not produced. And now, mm -hmm. I mean, so maybe you can talk a little bit about the marketplace and, and how World Builder has been doing because it's been such an unorthodox situation. It, it has. It has indeed. And uh, and look, I think you perfectly encapsulated it uh, just now. I, it, it, it has been, you know, uh, I think we, we the, you know, the, look, I think when something's new, when something is new, it's fr you have the new car smell. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we did the first six months was a lot of meet, catch up meetings, reintroductions, new introductions, um, pitching the company. And so that created a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, we had stuff you know, I, Danny and I both sold stuff. She sold something to Netflix um, that is now, uh, I believe, has been has been greenlit. Has a showrunner is moving forward. Um, that's a show that World Builder is a producer on. And uh, you know, there, yeah, I mean, I you know, I had a client sell a big show to Disney Plus, and I sold a, a Dwayne Johnson project to Netflix with uh, with Emily Blunt as well. And that was kind of all at the at the outset. Mm -hmm. um, of the of of the pandemic and kind of starting the company, so the the early days uh, were extraordinarily busy. And as you noted, you know there was a, a bit of a buying frenzy. And so what we you know as I think as all of us rightly anticipated, there was a bit of a development. But the production bottleneck mm -hmm. created a development bottleneck, and which is kind of what we're experiencing now. We have. You know, as the gears are slowly starting to turn, as dealing with COVID becomes, I, I don't want to say easier, but more efficient. And, you know, people are able to, production is able to resume and people are able to, to, to stay safe. Um, uh, that, that you're seeing, right, you're seeing the gears beginning to turn now. And so, you know, uh, I think any new buy, it's been slow. The summer, admittedly, at least for us, was, was, I, what I would say slow. I mean, I would definitely call it slow because there was so much buying, you know, in, in the kind of last, uh, you know, half mm -hmm. of 2020 um, that, you know, that, that now as, as the shows that got halted sort of resumed and, and kind of got off the slate and onto the air or streaming platforms um, or into theaters, hopefully, uh, you know, they, they, they now have to contend with what they bought. And so now new development, they're, they're already looking at 2023 and beyond mm -hmm. for new, for new, whether it's, whether it's tele, whether it's streaming, uh, shows, series or, or features. So, uh, that I would say that's sort of, you know, definitely we fell a bit of a slowdown in 2021. Right. Um, uh, but it, it, it's been, I think it's been going great. I mean, the aforementioned show, you know, uh, the, you know, we are the, we are the, Danny is the executive producer and the company is, is a production entity on the Trolls franchise. Um, so, you know, there is potentially a, a, a new Trolls movie in the works. I don't know what I'm allowed to say officially, what I'm not allowed to say officially, but, uh, uh, th that is sort of, you know, that is forthcoming. Um, we have this net and Netflix show and, uh, you know, and a couple of other things where, you know, we have a showrunner attached to one of our, one of our uh, uh, bigger properties, um, and that is, uh, you know, that's going. That pitch is actually going out in two weeks, and everyone seems to be very feverish about it. So, um, I anticipate there will be some good news. Hopefully, by the end of the month, we'll see.
but yeah, I mean, it's been going great. Clients are clients. I think utilize the time to really kind of you know knuckle down and, and focus on you know uh, development and uh, you know trying to find unique opportunities and you know a, a lot you know as you noted right there, there it was just it was more than the pandemic we were mm-hmm. contending with we were contending with a lot of socio political issues as well sure um, that uh, you know that that was that were invisible to no one mm-hmm. living um, so we you know we we we've gone through I think society's gone through a bit of a reckoning too in the last year and that and that has also I think played a large part. You know, the I think the the uh, you know, the sort of safety of the political landscape um, and, uh, you know, and certainly a you know, you're seeing a, a, a real push for previously, I think, marginalized voices mm-hmm. to be heard. Um, and that's been and that's been great, too. So uh, a lot has a lot a lot of good things have come out of this uh, this last 18 months. That's for right. sure. Right. Um, I do have more questions for you, but I just want to say yeah, to yeah. those in the uh, live stream chat, if you do have questions for Mark, uh, please drop them in the live stream chat and we'll get to them just as soon as we can. Uh, but segueing from what you were talking about in terms of sort of the production bottleneck and, you know, the sort of buying frenzy and all the writers rooms being open, but nothing being shot. And now sort of that bottleneck and things sort of. Uh, tightening up what do you see as sort of the the uh, timeline for the sort of the 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 future like coming up like you would mention that in 2023 you think it's going to sort of open up um but what is 2022 going to look like do you do you think for for writers out there well first for clarity Mm -hmm. my comment about 2023 is is as far as scheduling gotcha scheduling new material i think things are starting to open up i just you know i have a client that that started on a new peacock show Mm. like you know last week in the in the writer's room um you know we have our clients you know we have we have a lot of sort of episodic directing clients that are working um i had a client just wrap a blumhouse movie like two weeks ago so uh i think things are things are opening are opening up Mm -hmm. um you know, I can't look, I can't every, every, as far as like, look, just looking at TV for a moment, as far as like the, the respective writers rooms, they're all different. I think they are, they are definitely smaller. Mm-hmm. I think the hours are definitely shorter because they are on zoom. Listen, uh, some are meeting in person out outdoors. Um, I know of one show that the, the showrunner um, is having, is having his, his uh, staff meet at a park and they sit around a picnic table. Um, which I think is 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 great, and uh, so I you know it's 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 starting to things are starting to definitely sort of open open up, and I think by you know there's always look there's always the question mark right of of getting trying to now catch up because we are definitely you know as a as a species right as as a civilization we are definitely now behind this thing, and I don't know if we're ever going to get ahead of it unfortunately so now we're now we just have to learn to deal with it Mm -hmm. and uh and so i you know as far as 20 what 2022 looks like return to offices i don't know that's up to that's up to vaccination percentage and delta and lambda after that i don't i don't know at this point sorry it's it's hard to say but i do but i definitely think safety protocols you know are 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 
are in place and things are running more smoothly. And, uh, you know, they seem to, you know, I, like I said, I mean, I've had clients in, in production, uh, my, you know, my, my wife is a showrunner and, uh, and she spent four months, um, out of state making a TV show. And, and they had, I think they had no outbreaks at all. Mm-hmm. My client's Blumhouse movie, I think maybe had one, potential like and i may i think it was like a uh it was a false it was a false positive mm-hmm. at the end of the day so they're they're you know they're they they have gotten a handle on on i think on producing safely and smartly and so i think that will continue uh, a lot of our viewers and listeners are not based locally in los angeles and southern california and for the most part when we talk to lit reps uh Breaking a client uh, from out of the area in terms of as a screenwriter features is perfectly acceptable and, and, and doable. Now, television is a different story. Traditionally, it's been if you're not here, it's incredibly difficult to break in. And when you're working, most of the jobs are here in Los Angeles, even if the show shoots in Chicago and Toronto and Vancouver, whatever, the writers rooms are here. But with Zoom and everything that's going going on, you know, from your experience from the clients you have and, you know, prognosticating a little bit, do you see that changing for those TV writers out there who may be in St. Louis, who may be in London, who may be in wherever in Sydney, do you see that changing? Do you see potentially them being able to work in a TV writer's room, not based in Los Angeles, like you would if you were a feature screenwriter, or is it, you think it's going to go back to what it was? And if you're not here, and you want to work in television as a TV writer, you need to come here. The, I will give you the easy, succinct answer, mm-hmm. and that is yes. <laughs> um, I think yes to you don't need to you don't need to be in Los Angeles. Um, uh, but I also think it, it comes down to just kind of springboarding off that. It also is a very sort of personal. I think it's 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 a it's a preference issue, right? Uh, now, after after close to eighteen months of very little in person socialization, I I need it mentally, physiologically, right? Mm-hmm. I I need the one on one sort of intimacy in in that regard, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, uh, some 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 don't. Some are are thrilled that they get to stay in the house and uh and and sort of conduct a business right over over zoom and uh and that's great and i think that that most certainly will continue for the foreseeable future um and look and you you can get a sense of a person i personally like to be in a room it's Mm -hmm. very like when i'm meeting potential potential clients uh it's really i have found at least during the pandemic, it's, it's kind of hard to get a sense of them without being in the same room. Um, obviously a lot harder with say like a, a foreign client. Uh, so, you know, I, I have to kind of get, I have to kind of go off of how, how they are in this window, um, and, and, and the work. Um, but I, I always say, right, Kevin, I've said this to you before I Mm. signed the, I signed the creator, uh, I send the person first, the creator second. Mm. So that getting to know someone is extraordinarily important to to me, um, and so I miss it. I miss the in person uh, kind of uh, you, you know uh, uh, interaction. But um, you know, I think that will come back. 
but I don't, but I think this has, this is irrevocable. I, I, I don't, I think that going forward, if you have four people willing to come into a, a room in Century City and you, and two of your writers are, are in England, they will, they will, they will be on Zoom. They will phone in hmm. and probably get, and be as productive um, as the four people sitting in the room. So, I think I think it's yes. I think it will last. You do not need to be here. I, I have always had clients that have that have remained mm-hmm. um, out of state for a variety of of reasons, and uh, and so I feel like I have been. So I feel like I was like pandemic before it was pandemic. So I'm sort of like, yeah, I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> right now. now, for a lot of reps, will say, yeah, you can be out of. Los Angeles, you can live anywhere as long as you're willing to come to L.A. one or two times a year for face to face meetings and that sort of thing. Yeah. uh, Meet and greets. Is that still sort of the thought process, the thinking or has Zoom replaced most of that, do you think? And and going forward as well. Obviously, now, obviously, it probably is the case. But, you know, again, again, I think I think that I think that is the domain of the individual. Hmm. Um, I think that I think that some you know, look, I think, look, for the busy agent or executive um, in, in TV or features who is sort of like, oh, I, you know, like I have, you know, the, 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 the those sort of gaps in between the actual meetings, I, I have to physically move somewhere. Like I either have to go somewhere or people come in and I have to kind of get up from my desk and go into a conference room that accumulates right and so i think they are they are absolutely so many of them are absolutely fine with just like i'm happy to meet your client over zoom right so i think that will i think that most certainly will continue um but again it comes back to what i was saying a few minutes ago uh you know i want to meet i I met i signed someone a playwright you know who's segueing into tv writing uh at the outset like midway through the pandemic like some you know in the fall of last year about a year ago and uh, i had never met her in person i only got a sense of her on zoom and she but she was in san francisco for her new play and she came down to la for the day and i got to spend the whole day with her nice and it was great because i got a, a new sense of her in person and so it was nice so i think i for me it's important maybe for others it will be equally important um, but I think it's always good to get FaceTime with someone for sure, you sure. know, have a cup of coffee. What are their, what, what, is, you know, what will come out, what will sort of be induced in that 45 minutes or an hour, uh, you know, that you're not going to get when someone feels very kind of stiff on a, on a, on a, a laptop camera. Right. Right. Um, I do have other questions that are going to be dropping in, but I did want to ask a couple of listener questions that were emailed to me before, just so I don't forget them, which I have once in a while in the past. So um, I want to get through a couple of email questions that I got from uh, from Kristen, actually, who emailed us um, and says, I have a couple of scripts that I want to sell. I'm thinking of contacting producers directly and pitching them. If I was your client, how would you suggest I prepare for that? And is it reasonable to hope to get a sale through doing this? Uh, Kristen, don't, don't pitch producers without a representative. (laughs) I, that's my, that's the easy answer. I look, it's done. I'm not, I'm not listening. I don't want anyone listening now or tomorrow to, you know, to come away, uh, with, uh, you know, with, with an idea of like, oh, well, if I don't have a rep, like, 
this guy saying that I like shouldn't reach out to people. I mean, that's how, you know, relationships at the end of the day are still relationships. And I think if that is an avenue and that, and, and the avenue is clear for you, uh, by, by all means, uh, if, if you manage to, you know, if you manage to really make a good impression, say on a producer or executive, you know, who maybe is a friend of a friend or someone who is just sort of taken to your work, um, they inevitably will lead you to a, a, a rep. You know, they'll say, are you represented? You know, let me introduce you to like some managers that I really like. So that's a kind of a way to back in, mm-hmm. in to, to representation. Um, but as far as, you know, as far as preparing for the, those introductions, um, I, you know, I look it, it, again, you know, I, I always come back to this. It, it's the it's the person first, the, the writer second for me. And so you how do you how well do you present yourself if you seem like someone who is going to um, not contribute if the energy is low? And, and again, I mean, I feel bad saying these things sometimes because I don't know what a, what a, what a person's circumstances are. You know, they, they they may they may have anxiety. They may uh, have you know, they may have just gone through a horrible trauma. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I, tr- I try to be, I, I don't try to be sort of judgmental about those things. Um, but, but, you know, I think that what, I think that what, what most executives and producers and, and talent, right? If you're a filmmaker, the talent you have to get in front of, what they're looking for is confidence and safety. Like they want to feel safe in your hands that you are going to deliver. They want to know don't don't show up in a meeting don't like if you're pitching on something like a book adaptation mm-hmm. don't say yeah i really haven't thought about how i would change that i'm gonna like let me i'm you know that's gonna be i'm gonna think about that more have an answer you don't have an answer mm-hmm. that meet that meet that meeting will not end well i can assure you you're not going to get the job so it's it's be prepared uh present well bring, have your energy up come across as somebody that they want to work with um, you know, the, and that can, and I think that's a sense that anyone in our business gets right away from a, from a person. Are you like, oh, is this, you know, do they do, do I like, do I like their energy? Um, are they, are, you know, are they articulate? Are they, do they, they're throwing a bunch of ideas at me. They seem very well prepared. Those are things that will occur to the person to whom you are, you are talking, pitching, et cetera. Right. So Kristen, be prepared. <laughs> Um, K Wu says, hi, Mark, please take us through what a typical nine to five business day looks like for you. Although I, I'm, I'm going to add, I don't, I would assume you don't work a nine to five. I'm sure it's probably an eight to eight or something like that at least. But anyway, well, that's, um, so what is caving, a normal yeah, business day? Look like? <laughs> I don't know. Cause the pan, the pandemic has upended all that. That's I true. With you, some days, listen, some days. Uh, some days it's like it'll it could be ten hours and uh, twelve hours and other and other days it could be I I get the maximum amount of work I need to get done, uh, you know maybe on say on like a Friday you know and it it'll be five it'll be five hours mm. I mean who who the hell knows anymore I don't even know half the time I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> so uh, just maybe on an average day smarter. I've learned yeah oh no sorry go ahead go ahead. Average average yeah. day, I would say average day is anywhere from you know I would say anywhere from two to four meetings. Um, 
you know, phone, maybe scheduled phone calls. Usually phone calls are, you know, are, um, uh, what's the word, not extemporaneous, but you know what I mean? They're, they're sort of impromptu, right? It's like, oh, I suddenly, I have to call this person or there's an incoming call about something. So, you know, it's, it's sort of balancing that. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of emails, definitely a lot of emails and then re and, and reading, you know, and, uh, and then figuring out, I think, uh, for, you know, for each client, every day I try to think about, you know, a, a client and then I'm like, okay, are we on track with like the strategy? What is this person finishing something? Are they, are they directing something? Are they in a room? Are they what, you know, what's, and then what, what's, what's beyond that? So it's a lot, it, you know, so it's a lot of that, you know, a lot of kind of, you know, uh, creative strategy. What percentage? I would say that's an average day. What would you say percentage wise? And I'm, I'm sure it, it, it varies based on what you have in production, what clients have you have going on and things like that. But what would you say on an average day? How much what percentage of your business is on existing projects that are either in development, in production, you know, that kind of thing? Um, with your clients working on projects, i.e. script development and, you know, sort of early stage stuff with your current clients reading scripts that they've sent you drafts of things and looking for or, you know, reading material for newer clients, things like that. Like if you were to break it up into three categories, existing clients work that's actual paid work or very close to being so, clients work that again, your clients, but it's still way in the early stages of, you know, rewrites and things like that of their specs or whatever it is they're doing or their pitches and things or early, you know, or clients that potential clients, meetings and, and phone calls with Zooms, uh, reading scripts and things like that. I, I would say, you know, I would say I would put the first two, the first two categories mm -hmm. together and that's probably 75 to 80 percent of the day mm -hmm. and then uh new i would say in potential new business you know could be 20 you know 15 mm -hmm. to 20 gotcha. um in in a day because i'm always something there's always something new that's coming up like someone you know someone i've known for 20 years will email me and say oh i saw this interesting film or you know, I, someone sends me a short film or I'm looking at festival stuff online, you know, that, that's a, that's a big part of it. Just staying abreast of, of new, you know, new emerging voices. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I would, you know, sometimes that could be maybe 30% of a day, depending on the volume. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say that's how I would break it down. Now, not in terms of incoming calls, like referrals from people saying, Hey, you know, check out this great director. I know he doesn't have a rep. You know, I met him at a film festival. He's got a great short whatever. Or I read this spec and it's fantastic. You need to take a look at it because they're not repped. Other than incoming calls, what areas do you personally or have you in the past looked at for possible clients? You know, like the nickel finalist list or mm -hmm. the blacklist getting a nine or ten or, you know, what, what are the avenues you have used in the past to look for whether or not you signed actively a bunch of clients that way but you know at least have looked at clients from these different avenues um let me i want to say something first mm -hmm. uh this is going to sound and i hope this doesn't come across as being remarkably um <laughs> remarkably uh, uh narcissistic and closed off but I, I i i will say that you know 
the more experience I I accrue mm-hmm. and the older I get, I have learned I'm I've become very sort of confident in my in my sort of ability to recognize t- nascent talent. Mm-hmm. So I know it's there. It could it could quite literally be one page of 110 pages. There there will be something where where I I instinctively and intellectually I I say to myself this person did something very unique this person can do it again and so that's kind of you know the potential and that's kind of my job because i'm the first line of defense Mm -hmm. um that said i trust my taste so the you know the the any of the thing any of the kind of contests or the black yes i i we look at that as a company we will always we, we look at those um year in year out you know i judge a lot of them page uh ucla you know i mean there's there are so many story you know there are so many of them that i'm involved in and have been for for years uh, as a mentor or a judge and uh and so when i am mentoring and judging i trust what i'm re- i'm reading it for the first time so i trust that if somebody says to me this got a nine on the blacklist i'm like by whose authority mm. <laughs> You know that, so I like it's harder for me, you know, to I think to embrace it. it again, comes down to who's who's telling me that. Is is it somebody that seems in, that ha, that seems interesting that says, "Hey, I don't have, you know, I've got three or four scripts that I've written, and I have a very interesting kind of circuitous route that I've taken in my life to get to this point." I, I, you know, I have an interesting background. I was a Navy SEAL, what, mm. whatever, it, whatever it may be, uh, you know, and they're like, and I wrote this thing like, and also, yeah. And also it got, it got high marks in this contest or on a, or on the blacklist. Um, I, you know, I, I will, I will kind of gauge that right. Each, each kind of each, um, each individual, uh, and, you know, and, and I'll probably take I'll probably take a look at something if the if the concept seems interesting to me. But like, you know, but for the most part, I don't I guess what I'm saying is um, I don't put a lot of stock in someone else's interpretation of some or assessment of something because they're human and their taste is going to be different from my taste. Mm-hmm. So I hope that didn't sound horrible. No, not at all. Not at all. In I'm fact, just being, it, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. No, and in fact, it's sort of refreshing because I think part of the issue that a lot of writers find is that a lot of reps and a lot of executive, a lot of people in the industry don't trust their own judgment, and so unless something comes with a stamp of approval from someone else, it's difficult to get any sort of uh, serious look. You know what I mean? So the fact that you trust your own judgment as opposed to the judgment of others, I think is honestly rare and sort of refreshing. So I think that's what how it came across to me anyway. Um, so, no, I do yeah, think... That, that was my intention. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. And I think it's refreshing to hear because, again, a lot of times without a stamp of approval from someone else, even if the, the, the person reading it likes it, they are hesitant because, well, it hasn't been approved by somebody else. So how do I know that it's really that good? You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. It's the same way I feel about the finished product. Yeah. You know, there, there is something I call festival euphoria, hmm. right? It's, it's when you're in, when you're seeing something for the first time with, with industry people in the audience, uh, there tends to be, there tends to be a kind of 
pervasive drunkenness that occurs. And then everyone gets rabid about this one thing. And then the rest of the world sees it like a year later. And they were like, why this sell for $20 million? I don't get it mm -hmm. because it's probably not probably, I gotta be honest, probably wasn't worth $20 million. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, Fox searchlight. <laughs> Um, okay, Clint Eastwood says, uh, or Clint Eastwood, Clint Williams. Clint Williams is a longtime listener. Wow. Right? I love Clint. I'm giving him the Eastwood credit already. Yeah, yeah. Future Oscar winner. Um, Clint Williams, the future Oscar winner uh, and friend of the show, says, Are there now two tiers of features, big screen and streamer? Yeah, great question, Clint. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yes, the gap. I think there was a moment in time where we thought maybe, maybe the moderately budgeted theatrical would come back. I think all I think all of us who are cinephiles were were hoping, right? And and uh, the, but the I think the gap has grown ever wider. Streaming is just further widen that gap. It's 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 going to be like events. It's like those seven filmmakers, right? And the IP, right? Denis Villeneuve and Dune big screen mm -hmm. um marvel big screen lucasfilm sure. big screen and and small screen um uh but yes i think i but here's the thing here's what's great about this and and i and i i couldn't be more excited because that moderately budgeted hope hopeful theatrical that those now will be on the streamers and i think that and i think that's great you know i mean i i think because it's going to open up so many opportunities because because if they are look if 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 hbo max and peacock and paramount plus and netflix um and who and hulu the 20th the former 20th century fox is now 20th studios mm -hmm. and and essentially is the content creator for hulu on the, the on the feature side right so like vacation friends that was a that was a 20th studios production delivered to hulu so you're gonna you're gonna see more of that by the way i love that movie i thought it was hilarious um so it's going to open up opportunities i think in that regard com you know com action comedy dramas um sci-fi horror sci-fi you know thrillers mm -hmm. uh you if, if each of those aforementioned streamers has to deliver right or 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 has proposed you know, um, insane numbers like a movie a week starting in like 2022 and beyond. How how long before they run out of prequels, sequels, franchises, etc.? Right? How many spinoffs can they do that's going to be dedicated to a streamer? Um, eventually, they're going to have to make original stories. That's good for all of you. That's a lot of that's a lot of movies. Right. A lot of movies. Right. So get so get ready. Um, David Wales, one of the Script and Scribes moderators. Uh, great job, David. Thank you. Uh, David Wales asks: Assuming having voice, marketability, and decency as a person are the ideal, how do you weigh those qualities when uh, assessing a potential new client, or is it client dependent? Can you, will you repeat the question again? Yeah. I just want to make sure I understood it. Sorry, uh, I want to make sure I understood it. Yeah, David asks, uh, assuming having voice, marketability, and decency as a person right. are the ideal, so, I mean, obviously, being mm -hmm. solid in all those areas, how do you weigh right. those qualities when assessing a potential new client, or is it just dependent on the client? You can't really gauge that. 
Okay, yeah, I, I understand. Okay, that's what I thought he would say he was asking. I just wanted to. I wanted to be crystal clear. Um, uh, I mean, you know, I think it goes back to what I sort of what I've been saying, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I you know, it, it is it's the it's the indiv- it's the individual um, for for me, like because they're like, I, I if I think someone is talented, then I meet them, and I think that they are an amazing person. That just gets me even more excited because I'm like, this is somebody that I will be in the trenches with and I actually want to spend time with. They are charismatic. They are they they are prolific. You know, they are always kind of thinking and strategizing like, oh, what if we did this instead? You know, so they 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 are they they are people who come forward um, rather than sort of recede. And and those, you know, if you notice, if you look at you know, if you look at sort of all of the successful people past and present, um, there is, you know, there maybe with the exception of Marlon Brando who mumbled a lot, but, but for the most part, think about it, even the, even the, even the writers and the directors, they're very kind of charismatic people. They know how to rally the troops, you know, they know how to strategize properly. So the talent needs to be there. But for me, it's it's equally important that the kindness and openness also be there, and that's 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 huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Patricia Salem asks: Would you include older writers in the category of previously marginalized voices? Are there opportunities opening up to break in over forty or even over fifty? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what, yeah, yes, one hundred percent. I think there is, uh, you know, I mean, I think you know, particularly, I think for for rooms, mm-hmm. um, look, if if you have a feature script and it's a great script, um, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it really matters. You mm-hmm. could you could be a talking canine and i think people would <laughs> sort of be like this talking canine has written a remarkably good script i just i just don't i think there is more openness now to you know to to diversity and 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 within diversity under that sort of umbrella you know um i think for me and many in the industry that includes that includes i think um persons who are older persons mm-hmm. with disabilities etc so um, it doesn't, you know, maybe there was a time when, when it was 95%, you know, college educated white men. Um, I, that, that, uh, that is, there was sure, but don't get me wrong. It's still a lot of those, but, um, but it, it is, it's, it's changing and it's changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that if, if there is a great idea and there is sort of talent there and, and again, you know, the, the, the individual, um, is sort of like, Hey, you know, I had this you know, I was doing something else. I had this super interesting career, um, but I can bring that skill set to bear, right, on storytelling. You know, they could be a valuable asset on a show. Say they, they did something, you know, they were a lawyer and mm-hmm. now at age 50, you know, they're, they have been honing their writing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they, could be, they could be a valuable asset on a Dick Wolf show, maybe. You know, they're, I think those opportunities are, are, are opening up for sure. And something that I had heard, and I want to get your take on it to see if you agree, was that showrunners, uh, especially if you're 
an aspiring TV writer and you're looking for your first staff opportunity and you're older than the showrunner, uh, showrunners, for the most part, tend to be okay with it so long as you come at it from a humble uh, direction, meaning you're, you're, you realize you're starting off in a new career path. Even if you were the secretary of state, whatever it happens to be, when you're coming in as a staff writer, you're coming in at the entry level position. And while you have a, a, you know, a wealth of life experience and job experience, as far as in the specific job as a writer producer on a television show, uh, you're, you're coming in fresh. And as long as you come in humble, uh, from what I've been uh, relayed, that, that that they're usually okay with that. It's the writers who come mm-hmm. in who think that oh, I spent 15 years as you know lead counselor for you know a huge law firm, and I don't think I, I, I you know I you need to listen to me. I'm an authority. I am you know more important than a staff writer should be. That's when you have some issues. Um, and that's when, when, when showrunners tend to like, when they feel those vibes, uh, when you think you're above the staff writer position is when, because of, again, your previous work experience, your previous, uh, life experience, um, your seniority in terms of, you know, wherever else in, in life you, you are, maybe you're the board of directors and some, uh, charitable found whatever, uh, and you don't come in humble and wanting to learn is when there's an issue. Do you, have you seen or heard things like that as well? I, listen, I think that's just I think that's just good life advice. That's true. That's <laughs> in true. In general, outside of outside of I think coming into a situation um, like that specifically, I think it's I think it's just good. Like don't like be if you if 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 it's something you are you, you are gaining experience in the first time or or you know I, it, it for me it still distills down to an openness to learn mm-hmm. um, if you are close, because those, what you're talking about, in my opinion, is th- an individual who is open or an individual who is closed off. It doesn't mean they're closed off to everything entirely, but in a way they, they, they are closing themselves off to that experience because ego is getting in the way. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just good principle to get, leave ego the fuck out of it, period. Right. Um, hard to do, very hard to do. <laughs> Hard for me, hard for you, hard right. for so many other people. But I think that it is. I think it's it's important if you're coming in to it to any room, any situation in which you in which there are people. I think more experienced may be good to listen um, until you get to that position yourself. Then maybe you don't have to listen. Right. So, <laughs> but always listen. I'm I'm kidding. You should always listen. Even the per, the person listen. Bottom of the ladder, top of the ladder openness and i think openness and and uh you know and empathy always key always 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 no that's great advice in general but yeah um Mm -hmm. patricia patricia salem thank you for the sub uh if you're watching listening be sure to sub um patricia has another question um does Mm -hmm. already working as a writer in other media um e.g i'm a sports journalist cool um big sports fan uh does it make a prospective client more attractive to their rep if their screenwriting is good? Thanks, Mark. So, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. First, yes, at 100%. I mean, like, it's, it's fun. It's funny because I feel like it's, it's like I, I, I feel like every time I, I, we do this, Kevin, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm answering all of the questions in my, like, in that lengthy preamble that I give because it's, it sort of touches on 
all of those things, sure. right? It's like interesting, interesting backgrounds, uh, dedication and openness to learn um, something new, right? Your craft, honing, getting in- improvement, self-improvement. Um, I think all of those things are, are hugely important. Mm-hmm. So yes, the short answer, Patricia, is yes. And- if you if you come if you're yes i mean if the if the writing is good um and i think i think having a background like that just makes it more interesting particularly if you're writing about sports Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what you just said that definitely fits into those categories of if somebody is writing a show about sports or journalism or whatever they have that background Mm -hmm. i know I, i believe it was albert kim who we interviewed um uh, in the past a couple years ago albert was a former editor, writer editor of I think Sports Illustrated and like People Magazine or something like that, and got hired uh, because there was a show I can't remember the name. Of it. it was a Courtney Cox show uh, where she played uh, a magazine editor, so they needed mm-hmm. a magazine editor to come in and be on staff, and so he got a job not as a TV writer, but because he was uh, a former magazine editor. So you know, I think that that sort of fits right in there. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. K Wu also says, "What are your expectations in terms of time frame for a client on your roster to bring uh, your finished new bring bring you excuse me finished new material? On average, what's a good number of new scripts to have written per year?" I think it's always good to keep. I think it's always good to sort of be generating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I didn't like, if I didn't mention that before, let's add let's add that to the list of criteria. Um, I think for for a person, uh, new you know new ideas, not resting, not resting. I think that's I think that's very important um, because I'm not in a right. We're not we're not doing it. We are always I'm always sort of like oh like every time I read something that's interesting, it could be an article, a book, a news story, and I think oh there's something. There's something interesting here. Uh, let me, you know, let me bring it to a few of the of the clients uh, that I think would be appropriate, you know, for 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 this, and see what they think. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm doing it right. That that door is open on my side, and and I want, and I I sort of expect clients to also be be doing that, right? They're always. I think the successful. I can 100% all the successful clients that mm-hmm. I have represented, past and present, um, have always been generating. So I can't. I, it's hard for me, Kay, to give you a specific number. Um, I you know, maybe uh, other reps can do it. I I, I don't. I would say because I I think to, to generate something of quality, you know, it's not it's not, you know, it's not one every three months. Um, that that's that to me I think seems a bit excessive because then I start to question the quality of the material. Um, uh, but I think at least you know maybe it pilot sample for staffing a new pilot mm-hmm. at least once a year and then you know if you're if, if if you're also interested in features you know uh potentially a new one i think a new feature script you know that that uh that that seems viable for the marketplace um definitely every year um and then you know and then the you know what i like to call this this, this sort of supplemental stuff you know is there a book that you like is there is there a podcast that you heard, right? Did you watch a true crime show and you're sort of like, oh, you know, they touched, they touched on this event they mentioned in this, in this 
podcast or, or, or unscripted show I was watching. And I've, that happened in my hometown. I've always been fascinated. I want to explore it like that. That's just, that's idea generation. Mm-hmm. And that should, that should be occurring all year long, 365. Right. Right. Or unless there's leap year, then whatever that <laughs> is. 365. Um, so it's generally from what I understand, accepted more if a TV writer is only working on TV work, meaning additional pilots and things like that, if they're not writing features, generally speaking, it seems to be from, you know, uh, my conversations with other reps and stuff. Okay, that's fine. If you're generating one to two pilots a year, okay, we're good with that. But it seems like a lot of managers are hoping, I don't want to say expecting, that may be a little harsh, hoping that feature writers, in addition to writing features, are also developing pilots. How important Mm -hmm. is it for you to have a client who wants to focus on features to also be developing either pitches or pilots for television as well? Is that an important aspect of it or is it okay? Well, if they I think, um, well, for me, it's part, that's part and parcel mm-hmm. of the say of the, of the same thing, because uh, I, I most likely if someone, if, if the person is already not doing that, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's something that would be of interest to me mm-hmm. because the, the, you know, the, the, the kind of overarching business philosophy of world builder um, and something that, you know, that Danny and I agree on wholeheartedly is that we represent creators. Um, and, you know, and that is different. You know, we don't, we, we, it's rare that we will say that we will refer to ourselves as like literary managers mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and that's a conscious effort because we creator is a term that best accurately reflects what we what we manage on a day-to-day basis um and so you know all of our clients are hyphenists in some regard whether it is you know i mean we we have illustrators uh you know who have who have segued into animation we have people who've worked in animation that are right that that are also writers and, and, and are public that we have, you know, I literally have probably a half dozen clients that, um, that have, have like a podcast have published, uh, you know, a comic book or a, or a, or a novel and then, or collection of short stories. And then are also like developing TV and features and either are in a, in a room or have, have had something produced because it's they 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 are sort of idea generators and they're kind of like oh this is a okay like I have an idea for a podcast how do we get this done and that's and that's what we're there to do mm-hmm. so for me that is that will be present if I'm taking the meeting those mm-hmm. people are already doing it right gotcha uh, David Wales says what is the half life of a contest placement or blacklist website attention. Like if somebody does really well, nickel finalist or gets a nine or ten on the blacklist, whatever. How long does that stay relevant on in terms of in the industry or on a query or whatever? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back, you know, to this idea of of uh, fear of missing out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the that that's that, that's that's that. So I think if it's new, it's going to be. For if you're, you know, if you've won, if if you have sort of won in, in for any of those places, right? If again, if it's if it's Nichols, if it's you know, if you're if if it's UCLA screenwriting program, if it's 
page, if it's, I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the others, I guess, mm-hmm. in a story, right? If you become the, if you're the fellow for that year, it, it uh, th- there's always going to, if you're not already represented that, you know, ma- smart, smart managers who are doing their jobs correctly will definitely be paying attention to, 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 to those. And they, you know, and, and, uh, and I think there is, yeah, I think there is that sort of window because, look a good a good piece of material is a good piece of material and and there's there's not a there's not a clock mm. on that um in, as far as i'm concerned you know if you if it's well told it's well told regardless of when they are sending it to me in a calendar year but there is you know i think there is that um, that immediacy that occurs with anything again being at a film festival seeing a, a an unwrapped filmmaker who's made an extraordinary debut fe- feature for the first time there is that there's going to be that sort of bum rush right of of the person of like well, i gotta sign this you know this person's incredible i gotta get in the mix on this so that i mean that you know that i think happened that sort of is 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 part of what we all do and it happens to all of us um so i would say you know the minute it's announced mm-hmm. you know you probably you probably got maybe a few days wow <laughs> yeah um a couple more by the way are there yeah. more by the way are there more than these five people listening today uh yeah it's the same five people asking questions well i mean i think a lot of people are wallflowers they you know we don't get uh you there's always a lot more people watching and listening than you will get questions um lurkers yes the the infamous lurkers um but i do have uh, a couple more from Kristen who emailed me um that i was hoping to get answered and she says if work is submitted to executives producers, et cetera, through a manager, is it more likely to get a response? And um, the second one is, I feel my strength as a writer is that I can generate ideas quickly and flesh them out. Should I put something like that in my query letters? So it's two separate questions, really. Um, well, uh, the, okay, let me address the first part. Um, y- yes, yes, because, you know, but it, it, that, again, um, it's, it comes down to the individual. You know, is it is it someone that has good relationship? Like, I look, I, I I have no qualms about admitting something like this. I know who takes my my call seriously mm-hmm. at, at this point, and then other people who are sort of like, oh, you you know, you and I never fully established the, like a bond over the last ten years, mm-hmm. right? Like they they they're like these are my these are my five management companies that I that I deal with. There, there is that because it's a, it's a, it's a business of relationships. So that's never going to go away. So yes, I mean there, there are places where I maybe have to follow up, you know, and they, they don't read within over the weekend and get back to me five days later. Um, uh, and that's that's just simply because maybe you know our relationship isn't as as isn't as sort of you know distinguished and 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 uh, intact as maybe I have with someone else that I've known for fifteen years. So I think that's, but you know, if a representative is sending something, the respectful thing to do is to is to is to respond mm-hmm. to that person's material. Um, so that's that answers part one. Part two, uh, no, I, I mean I wouldn't do that. Lead with like what what makes you what makes you interesting, not uh, you not you know how to use Excel. That's that's a that's a resume. Right. That isn't a cover letter, you know, like I think I think like I work fast. I don't uh, that I don't pay attention to that because I don't know if it's accurate or not. Right. How am I to tell? But... Right. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Stephen uh, Sawinski says, when contacting you through your website, are you looking for in the wait? 
When contacting you through your website, are you looking for in the text of the message uh, A, log lines, B, a synopsis, C, a bio of who we are? Do we contact you directly? Thank you. So I guess he's asking what should you put in uh, the query if they're querying you via your website? Um, what 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 should you put in there, basically? And, uh, and where does it go? I guess it, also does it does it reach you or does it go to an assistant or does it? Yeah, it goes. Yeah, yeah our assistant looks at all of those. But I think Danny also Danny I think also gets those mm-hmm. um, alerts. And uh, you know I think I think honestly for you know our assistant will often read things that seem interesting. Um, the interns you know will read things that um, that are 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 seemingly interesting. So I think it's I think it's sort of the you know a combo right of all of those things um, uh, is that you know what's the sort of what's the the pitch what is the what is the kind of log line and and we know we know right we know when 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 we hear it because I, I think if you, you know the best ones are in my opinion you know kind of create what what I what I like to term this sort of surface conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, Meaning, you know, when you hear it, you're sort of like, oh, like your brain connects, you know, if you've seen if you've seen one movie or 10,000, you read one book or or 100, Mm -hmm. you have a sense of the kind of the, you know, the core of drama, which is conflict. And you so and it's like it surrounds us all every day. I mean, even if you're not ingesting something, these the those 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 sort of figurative and literal kind of applications in our everyday life are built on, you know, are built on ancient stories and symbols. And so you, you know, you get it. You know, if I say to you, uh, if someone sends me a log line that says like, you know, a, a curmudgeonly best-selling children's book author who hates kids, I'm like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I, that, I, that's, I, I get it. Like it's it, this, any number of actors, playing a children's book author you know who, who writes it can write them well but uh, but the but the but the closeted secret is he or she really hates children mm-hmm. you know i mean that's like you get the kind of and let me ask you a question what do you think happens next surprise ding dong right. i am your long lost daughter right you know it's like that's and like oh shit my life has been upended so uh bad voice if someone feel free to take that idea if they want it um, I, you know, I, uh, but that, that's what I'm talking about. So like, I hear that I'm like, Oh, okay. They understand mm-hmm. immediately. Like I get, they know how to connect those sort of dots mm-hmm. to create that sort of surface conflict. So, um, those, you know, th- that always a long line and then yes. And then something interesting, I think, you know, biographically as well, mm-hmm. you know, like that, like I, like the, you know, the person earlier, like I am an award-winning sports journalist, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, who's written like a, a, you know, true story about a female basketball team, you know, oh, yeah. who overcame great odds to win this championship. I'm like, ding, send it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so hopefully Patricia has a, a yeah, script about Patricia, it. get on it. About yeah. a basketball, women's basketball team. Um, actually, Kay has another question, and it's actually uh, pretty interesting and, and something that I, I, I have uh, – uh, 
sort of a response for, but I also, I, it's obviously directed to you and I, I'm definitely curious well, to you, see what you, you, you feel it. No, no, I no. I definitely want you question. to, to get your feedback on it. Um, but he, uh, uh, Kay asks, I don't know if he or she, um, on places like Reddit and Facebook, some writers, uh, claim reps and producers are explicitly telling them that white males are not being hired or staffed due to the relatively recent push for diversity. Is there any truth behind this or are minorities being scapegoated yet again? Oh, okay, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> so sorry for the loaded question. I can answer it if you don't Kay. want to. But I, Kay. Kay's, Kay's not earning any points. Um, I'm kidding, Kay. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not... I mean, look, it's, no one has ever explicitly stated it to, to me, but they're... But there's... Look, they're smarter than that. I mean, there's... Look, I mean, they're... they're you know, there is the joke that, you know, it's like they're like, oh, the dumb executive. But but it's not for the most part. My experience has always been these people are very are very smart and creative people. And and uh, and I think they're also very strategic. And and and, um, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone has been I haven't gotten a sense. And again, I'm being very general, honest when I say this, I I haven't gotten a sense for, you know, in the last, I would say, three years um, of, uh, you know, that anyone is, you know, is, is kind of being, uh, gross about it. Um, I, I think that they are very clearly understand because it's dictated either by the story, the, the, you know, the, 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 the content, the content of the story, or, you know, the, the, a, perhaps a sort of corporate decision or, a, a, a you know, the upper, a decision from the upper echelon, um, you know, to for more programming because there was a desire for it, and I think they're just very upfront about that. They're like, "Hey, this is a you know, this is a this is a story. Our showrunner is a person of color, and he or she wants you know a very sort of diverse room to reflect the diversity of this story." And so I think they're always very upfront about it. Yeah. Um, and that's what and that's what I'll say. I haven't I haven't I've not personally um, ever had anyone officially say to me, "We won't." Yeah, like if you're going to send me a a, a white person don't yeah um, I, they just wouldn't do that for i think just for political and legal reasons so right from what i've heard it's not necessarily on the buyer's side it's the seller's side that i've heard uh managers not anyone that i know personally uh but managers telling at least from the client side saying you know like uh sort of uh newer uh, emerging writers, white males, being told by reps, I can't sign you because no one's hiring white male staff writers. So sorry. Oh, is, is that what Kate is that what Kate was asking? That's what oh, I'm is. sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought she meant I thought she meant like uh like executives, no. mm. you know, hiring for a writer's room asking about the oh. Yeah. Um uh yeah, no. I mean, I like. I'm sure it. I'm sure there there are. I mean, given again, looking at the other side of it, right? The sort of the 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 needs. Mm -hmm. um, I can see. Yes, uh, how how that would happen. Um, but uh, I mean, I look at them all the time. I mean, I think somebody again, who's somebody you know, who's who seems fresh and exciting and has an interesting story to tell and mm -hmm. a point of view. Um, you know, I, I don't think like it's, it's game over for the, for those people, right. you know, I, th I, like I said, I mean, there's going to, the streamers are going to need a lot of content mm -hmm. every year. So th those, those stories, if it's a good story, I think that will, it will find its way. Right.
No, and from what I've heard, again, it comes down to reps not being able, for whatever reason, to sell uh, their white male clients or not having or finding the road too difficult for whatever reason and saying, mm. using that as an excuse, like especially if you're signed and your rep doesn't, you don't land on that show rather than say to your client, eh, they didn't like you or they didn't have a good meeting or whatever. I couldn't get you that meeting. It's like better to say, oh, well, they're just looking for a diversity hire. And so that sort of breeds that sort of belief that, um, and, and, to, and to some degree, I, I see where it is because if you have seven writers and a staff and in the past they've all been white male writers and you want to bring in some diversity, whether it's mandated by the studio or whether you're genuinely like, hey, we need some diverse voices, you're going to bring in some diversity. So let's say you want to hire two, at least two diverse writers. Well, chances are because there hasn't been as many opportunities, they're on the lower end. And so you're going to bring in you're going to have your five, you know, mid and upper level, and they're all white males because they're experienced and they've been around. And you're going to hire two diversity writers to fill those lower positions because that's mostly what there is. And so if you're a white male writer just starting out, I could see how the road may be more difficult. But it's not blocked necessarily by the diversity candidate. It's blocked by the fact that the other five of the seven spots are already filled by white males. And so therein lies sort of that mm -hmm. bottleneck. Because, you know, it's the, the uh, diverse writers haven't had the same opportunities um, as the past. So they tend to take those yeah, newer which is spots. True. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so. And then I think, I, listen, I think you stated it far better than I. That's, uh, <laughs> well, I've that heard is, the conversation uh, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, that's what that, yes, that, that is, I think that is, uh, that is extraordinarily accurate. I mean, I think that's what it is, you know, and it's, and it's a shame that, you know that in my opinion you know one of my i think one of the the the, the big sort of laments for me mm -hmm. personally is that you know that that these that sort of opportunities weren't in place sooner why you know uh, why is it such a you know such a sort of hard pendulum swing in the other in the other direction mm -hmm. um i i feel like you know the 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 you know these the, the opportunities should have been provided sooner sure um you know i think so you know to ex exactly what you said so you're not just looking at entry level you have people who are already experienced mm -hmm. who also happen to be you know not white males right um and and then that is changing right you're changing because it, it, this you know this this sort of i think i i think the the need for those voices has has now we're now any you know we're now two to five years in mm -hmm. to i think a greater openness to it um and so a lot of the the entry level they're now mid-level and above and they're or, or senior level at this point they've managed to go from show to show to show right. and i think you're, you're 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 seeing it in you know i i think this is also very isolated in the sense that you know it, it is it is primarily in, in my experience um limited to the television landscape um i think that uh you know i think that if 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 uh if someone is uh you know happens to be a, a young uh caucasian male um and they have like an um, they have a short and they want to do like a, a feature um that's you know that is i entirely doable but i think mm -hmm. you know given what i i agree with with your with your sort of the way you laid that out i think it's absolutely true you know, you have the people that are experienced and then the the newer the the sort of diverse voices are going to be sort of lower level. Right. Yeah. Coming in. Um, and so I think it's, it's going to be harder. 
Yeah. And that, but that being said, everyone also said, you know, reps that I'm talking to that if you are a white male writer and you write something undeniable, it doesn't matter. You will be found. If yeah, your script is, at, if your script is great, it will get found. So keep writing. Um, yeah. I mean, keep generating content. Like you said, keep working, keep developing new ideas, new stories, and you will get found if you, if you are good at what you do, period. Uh, no matter what. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Samuel Gali, uh, super chat. Thank you for the super chat, Samuel. He says, hello from Brazil. Mark is the best. Mark is the best. And so are you, Samuel. <laughs> Hi, Thank Sam. you so much. Hi, Sam. Um, I, know, I, know, I know Sam. Very talented filmmaker, Sam. Oh, well, great. We love Sam. Um, that's fantastic. Let's see here. Uh... Let's see here. Uh, Larby Ladiri says, Hi, Mark. Uh, being inside the gates of the industry, can you please give us your perspective on how to get a feature script to the right people? Wow. Um, <laughs> how much time do we have? Uh, well, um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I, I don't even like it kind of the question is so is so unbelievably like um, uh, it's like stepping on a landmine in a way like I'm completely unprepared for its simplicity of the way it's of the way it's presented, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you, well, you firstly, you need to you need to have something I think worth reading one um it has to be un it has to be undeniable and uh it has to i think it has to have a, a, a voice a point of view certainly and uh and then that will make its way into the hands of of enter contests uh court query managers and reps and and uh you know any any way in and it will find its way you know mm -hmm. someone will read it and then they will you know they may email me or someone else um that that's i mean that's that's it in a nutshell um, let's see here. Uh, Lucas Kendall wants you to know that he is listening and he thought your earphones looked like payo. I don't get the reference, but, um, but, or P-A-Y-O-T, payot, payo. Um, but yeah, welcome Lucas. Good to see you again. Um, let's see here. Uh, Steven Sawinski, are you specific on what genres you want to represent and do budget levels for the screenplay matter to you? Um, no, I mean, I, I think, well, let me answer the first, I'll answer the first part. Um, again, great story is a great story. You know, I, 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 you know, I have over the years, I think developed a reputation for being very sort of filmmaker friendly mm -hmm. and filmmaker sort of driven. A lot of those filmmakers happen to be genre filmmakers. So, you know, I've had a lot of success in the horror thriller face um that said you know i you know i love a, a great story i mean it could be you know i mean it could be a 1930s screwball comedy to you know through um i'm trying to think of something good that i've i've seen recently you know i mean i'm, I'm sure i just can't think of anything off the top of my head but uh it's it, you know i i like with anything music literature um, art, film, film, and TV. Um, it's I respond to you know it's it, 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 it day to day. It kind of changes what I'm what I kind of respond to. So 
we are open, I think, as a company. I mean, I represent the creator of Alexa and Katie on Netflix. That is a very, that is a, that is a sort of half hour teen high school set YA comedy. Um, and, uh, but I think, you know, I, I, I thought the show was great because mm-hmm. it, 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 it was dealing with illness, right? It was dealing with a young woman who had an illness. And I thought Heather had a very unique point of view on things. So, um, you know, not something that the guy, the horror guy, uh, would people, I think are surprised when I call them and pitch Heather and they're like, wait, but you're the horror guy. And I was like, <laughs> I, why do I have to be labeled? Right. So, um, so that kind of answers that sort of answers the first question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think just a a, a a good storyteller, and uh, and as far as the what was the second? Sorry, tell me the second the part. The second one again. was um, do budget levels. Oh, the budget levels. Uh, right, right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes I talk. Sometimes I talk so much about the first part that I forget <laughs> what the second part was about. Um, the you no, know, I think you should run. No, man, I think you should tell the story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, if if. If, if and when it gets to the point, you know, again, these, these are always, in, in my opinion, difficult questions to answer. Like, how do I get in? Or like, how do I get someone's attention? Or like, should I think about budget? It, it depends. Are you a filmmaker? Do you want to direct it? If you want to direct it, bring the budget down, write smaller. Um, if you, know, have a big idea, big idea, small movie. Um, if you, if, if you want to get on the map, write something, you know, you want to, get that attention win a contest get a rep write something audacious mm. write something no one else is no no one else is thinking about and no one else that you don't think anyone else would possibly write but you right um and if it's a, if it reads like a hundred million dollar movie that's okay because you're probably not going to direct it you're not going to finance it yourself right so why so i mean if you if you're just like you're like i want to i want to get in then go shoot for it, man. Write a $200 million movie. If it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, if you're somebody who likes costume dramas, you know, it's going to be 40 million for Netflix, write that. I mean, that's the, that's the simple answer mm-hmm. for me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David asks, what do you see as the most exciting recent movie movies or television? Also, what are you looking forward to? Wait, she asked me what I've seen that's good? What do you see as the most exciting in recent movies or television? I mean, I guess you have seen or interested in seeing, I guess. I don't know. Um, I loved, I thought White Lotus was incredible. Mm-hmm. I thought because for the very simple fact that Mike White was able to take extraordinarily unlikable characters and make us care. I mean, that's that that's a, that's a high wire act. Um they, 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 he did it because the characters were interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, when, when, and I'm sure the, the, the listeners, um, you know, have, have heard this ad nauseum or read about it, right? This idea of kind of like, you know, when you get that note, like, ah, the character's not likable. I mean, it's not, that's, that should be the unlikable versus likable is a ridiculous argument it's it's, is the character interesting you could have a you could have a heinous character in search of redemption if they are interesting Mm -hmm. right so um i think white lotus did a great job i mean that what a tremendous high wire act that was it was just it was just it's just really sublime um i loved it i'm really enjoying uh only murders in the building 
because I think uh, it was such, again, you know, my reason for, for loving the show so much, in, in addition to being a huge Martin Short and, and Steve Martin fan, um, I, uh, I, it, they, he, they, they took a very obvious idea, which has probably occurred to any of us who are creative, like, you know, there's a real, there's like a real fervor amongst these sort of true crime aficionados, right? These armchair detectives, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, like, there's got to be like, you know, like, what if, what if like a bunch of armchair detectives came together and became the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew? Like, you know, it's like it's such a simple idea, mm-hmm. and in their hands, completely wholly unique. Right. Um, the simplest idea, you know, addressing addressing a more recent phenomenon, right? Podcasts, these true crime shows, the 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 ardent fans behind them. Um, and, and they turned it into something that is, to me, utterly engaging to mm-hmm. watch. And Selena Gomez, you go. I mean, amazing. <laughs> so uh, th- that I've liked. I mean, movies, I don't – it's tough. I just I watch the Criterion channel. I mm-hmm. go back. I go back in time. I'm in the rearview mirror huh? always. Um, and, and so what are you looking forward to going forward? Any Any – other films, TV shows um, that you're looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, the the new. I'll tell you what I want to see, and I don't want to. I don't want to try to mispronounce the title, mm. um, but you know, the new um, the film from the woman who did Raw, the French filmmaker that won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, mm. Titan, Titan. Yeah, I don't know. How to... um, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about. I'm very sort of excited to see this film, and um, you know, Dune. I think. Like yeah, probably so many great. others, I'm yeah. kind of excited to see Dune. Uh, you know, I'm still a sucker. Like I was raised on, you know, I'm a kid. I'm an I'm an '80s kid, mm. so I was, you know, um, sort of, you know, uh, um, uh, that that kind of populist entertainment. I'm a sucker for it every time. Give me a good trailer. I mean, you know, I mean, oh, no time to die because I mean, I mean, mm. I I can't I can't wait. And the fact that that I know, I think that we have a good sense if we know what most likely is, it will stand the test of time, mm-hmm. something that is good. I think if they, if they have been adamant about holding off on a, a for a, for the theatrical, the fact that they have been so steadfast, MGM and, and Universal have been so steadfast right. on like, we are not putting this on a streamer. Right. You will wait. If it takes two years, we're going to wait. Now I'm like, this has got to be good. Right. Yeah. This is this is going to deliver on every level, and um, uh, so I'm 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 excited. Somebody who was raised on James Bond. I'm super excited um, for No Time to Die. But those I think those are a couple of few. But you know, again, the populist stuff, like you know, uh, uh, Spy No Way Home. I'm excited mm-hmm. about like all of the all of the sort of Marvel stuff, The Flash, which I want to see. It's interesting what Andy Muschietti is going to do with like these sort of temporal overlaps. Mm-hmm. And bringing Keaton Batman back, you know, there's I think there's a way in to you know to to some of these um, overwrought you know brands and franchises that uh, that that they find a, I think a great a unique way in. I enjoyed the new Suicide Squad too, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So don't discount fun. <laughs> um, so we're getting close to the uh, ninety minute mark. We've got just a couple more quick quick questions and then uh we'll let you enjoy the rest of your saturday um lucas kendall actually responded says please forgive me peo are the earlocks of the orthodox jewish boys i guess your headphones come down around here yeah uh i am from martha's vineyard which is more like 
reform, then reform. Okay. Um, and then uh, Kay goes on to say, there's been, there, there's been signals. China is looking to close itself off from the West and with its latest uh, spat of pop culture bans. Oh, uh, do you see a near future in which Hollywood would feel okay with poking fun at China? That's actually a good question because that's I know. a good question. Is Kay writing? Is Kay writing an article? Is she getting a PhD in something? I'm very fascinated. <laughs> I don't know. That's some good by questions. Kay's question. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Well, I don't. I don't think we should be poking fun of anyone personally. I mean, if it's in, you know, I mean, look, satire. I think there's there's a sort of tasteful satire that's smart, and then. Uh, and then like ridicule, right? So I don't, I mean, those to me, you know, I'm just saying, I'm, I don't think that's what she's implying, but, but I think for me, just to be clear, I, those are separate things. Sure. Um, I, 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 I think, don't, I, I, I think instead of poking yeah, I don't fun, know. it's really more about like showing China in a negative light has been sort of taboo within the the industry because China is such a large market. You get financing from there. You, you know, your product goes there and the Chinese government right. will not yeah. will censor whatever comes in. So in order to not lose that market, you just kind of avoid those top subject matters. I oh, think that's I'm probably sure. Uh, yeah. I, right. I'm sure. I mean, there are certain things obviously, you know, but I mean, look again, um, I feel like the, these these issues kind of address themselves hmm. right by by the very nature of kind of what is being delivered hmm. in the sense that a fast and the furious potentially or something of that ilk a marvel film you know the the future of theatrical the bigger the big the, the big scope stuff mm -hmm. um it, it, i think is still very accessible right to many to many markets including china where they tend to do very well um, so, uh, I don't like, I don't, I don't foresee that changing those, those movies are sort of designed in a way to be safe anyway. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think, I think anything, you know, we know what it is. I mean, you know, anything that's going to sort of portray them in a very negative light is like criminals or like gangsters right. or anything like that. Right. Ghosts for bot and all that stuff they, is, is, is a no, no. Um, uh, but I, you know, I think a lot of the, the smaller stuff that's the, the mid-level stuff on streamers that's sort of addressing those anyway i don't know if, I, I don't know how much they're thinking about china gotcha so that's my that's my answer Kay. and then lastly just to sort of wrap it up what sort of advice would you have for those emerging writers out there who are just looking to get their opportunity get read break in uh what would you say to them um, you know, just to, again, to kind of reiterate, um, ideas thinking now's my, now's the opportunity, right. To set to like course, correct. Now's, now's my chance. Um, <laughs> I, look, I think that it's, I think that, uh, again, going back to this idea of, of the, of, of like the, the conflict, right. The interesting idea that's, that's sort of surface conflict that 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 all that all drama contains i think really thinking through the idea um is this something is this something that beyond being interesting to me because I, I i see that a lot where where like i i'll read log lines whether they're coming to me through like a virtual pitch fest mm -hmm. or um screen like you know qu queries um it, it always seems to be i get the sense that the topic the subject is interesting 
to the person because they 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 have this idea of kind of like oh i've always wanted to see like this kind of action movie but to me it reads like a very pedestrian action movie so it doesn't seem to be so i i think it's it's thinking through the ideas not being afraid to um i think to be to 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 be audacious um doesn't mean it doesn't mean be weird don't go like full david lynch but something that something that is you know something that feels uniquely your story something that only you can tell that you can bring a perspective to that seems fresh right that 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 inverts that sort of inverts the paradigm um you know have have some of those in your pocket and uh you know and then just and then just be interesting come forward don't recede um you know come be be a team player um be a contributor be open to other people's suggestions um and uh and i think that's it i mean that's the bet that's the the best path for success Mm -hmm. network you know get get out there hustle anytime you can give writing advice and it's really life advice i think is is uh, a good step to take because yeah, right you know if you can apply it to, to life it, you know apply it to your uh, your work right true enough um so if you could stick around just for a few minutes mark i wanted to thank everyone for joining us today uh for spending part of your saturday with us and be sure to follow mark on twitter it's at manager mark with a c m-a-r-c um he is not that active on there, but maybe he will be soon. Um, That's true. I'm not that active. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm taking a bit of a break. I'm taking a bit of a break from the social media. Yeah, but tweet at Mark, and, and when he does tweet stuff, it's insightful and useful. So. Thank. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, and we will see you all back here next when next Saturday. Excuse me, Wednesday. Next Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern for a Q&A with writer's assistant Allison Golub. Um, so be sure to stop by and thank you all for joining us today enjoy your weekend and we will see you next time